Welcome to the Quack Toll Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 Quack, 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 quack. 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 A 12 in. Oh! I am your host, Adam Chameo. And I'm Aaron Shabba. That is right, and this is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks sporting podcast on the web footosphere. And Aaron, we're back in the win column, baby. We're back in the win column, and that's all that matters. Adam. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we trade... Are not like you and me, but like as a as a team, are we allowed to trade with other teams? Mm. Well, there's always the transfer portal, but that's really one person fleeing to another. Right. It's we can't be really like, yo, we'll give one. you this guy and some of this for that guy. For this. Why? Do you do you have a trade you would like to propose? You know, I think Cameron's gotta go. <laughs> oh wait! Well, Look, so this gets confusing when you call him by the wrong name. He's Cameron. When you when you call him completely the wrong name, and there is someone on the other side who has the name Cam, it gets very confusing. So Camden Lewis, Cameron, our kicker, Camden, <laughs> definitely Camden. Someone who used to be your favorite player on this squad. You're, you want to you want him gone because he's made some mistakes. Is what you're saying. <sighs> You know, here's Well, let me ask you Bad this. Vibe, who do you want? Listen. Who do you need me to be today? Do I need to be the one that is stoked that we won this game or mm-hmm. should I be the true green through and through uh nothing is ever good enough and so I'll only focus on the bad? Cuz did we win this game? Fuck yeah. Should we have mm-hmm. won this game? Obviously. Should we have won this game mm-hmm. kind of how we did? Maybe not. Mm, First, it didn't quite half feel. Yeah. Looked stupid, <laughs> and I hated every second of that. And so I just and Cam and I. I'm sorry. I just can't. You know how I am. I cannot say his real name when he is not doing well. He's not earning his real name. He's not earning his name. I'm not going to say his name. <sighs> Camden Lewis. <laughs> let's get it. He was one of two. And here's the deal. Which is fifty percent. It was, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But and he <laughs> was. It was the only really negative thing about this game, except for that it was like, it was like having that buddy who's got a scooter who's really excited <laughs> about letting you ride it, but it takes mm-hmm. him like fucking two hours to get it running. So specific, yeah. Well, it's, it's because I am that guy. I currently have a scooter. That something <laughs> yep, is going I on to where so. I get really pumped to show it to people, and then as soon as it's time to start riding it, it is it dies. So <laughs> you don't like Camden because you are the Camden of your own friend group. Look, he reminds me of, of all shots. the things that I hate about myself. Okay. Wow. He is wow. the embodiment of all of our uh, 
things we've ever done wrong. It's like if you took the entirety of the Oregon Ducks program and you said, here's Mm -hmm. all the terrible stuff. Here's everything we've ever Mm -hmm. done wrong that we should try and get right. Mm-hmm. But then that that little black mass orb of nastiness just turned mm-hmm. into a human being and was like, well, mm-hmm. now I just fuck up everywhere I go. I make you think I'm good because I'll do pretty good for Whoa. you. But then, uh, and wow. then, but then I'm going to blow it. Whew, Aaron, and, this is so much heat on one And then I got to also say, player. you know what? I love watching... Uh, I love watching tough coaching. I love hard-headed coaching that talks mm-hmm. about uh, being aggressive and attacking the field. Uh, don't sugarcoat this kid. You know, don't go. Don't be the first person on the field when he shanks it to let him know that everything's going to be all right. Sunshine, bubblegum, <laughs> unicorns. No, I'm grab convinced. that kid by the helmet. You shake some sense into him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm convinced that you watched the first half of the first quarter, you stopped watching, and then you looked at the score and went, okay, well, I've got this one note that I wrote down here nope. about that missed field goal, and then I see the score at the end, okay. so everything else went fine. Okay, truth time. I, truth time. Okay, let's hear it. Well, maybe Tara, I was, that's all I ask. Maybe I was double screening on this one. Mm. Maybe I was playing a ruckus video game while also mm-hmm. watching this football game. But I think you can agree the first mm. half looked a little weak sauce. That is true, Aaron. Very I, true. You know, and and I think you're wise in some ways. Um, well, that's why I'm asking. As... Where do you need me to be? Because I can go hardcore Homer and focus mm-hmm. just on the very little negative things that upset me. Because this mm-hmm. game should have been thirty-eight to three by the half. You mm-hmm. know, it should have been huge. It should have just been a. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was, YouTube viewers at home yeah. will get a little extra for well, that little yeah. movement. But uh, yeah, it was a fourteen-point victory in a game you wanted to be a twenty-one-point yes. victory kind of thing. There I get it is. what you mean. This is what this is kind of what I I got out of this thing because I, I I was too, too yeah a bit worried. Certainly, I was a bit worried yeah. in that first half. Yeah. And this is why this is. And that was the problem I was having is like, I shouldn't actually be worried, but here I am. Like, what the fuck? Sorry, go ahead. I, I think a lot of Duck fans kind of had this too, where it's like, they're in this mentality of, if it's not a complete annihilation, if it's not 42 to 6, then sometimes there's just too much just yanking your back, too many little mistakes, you know? And then you got the other side, which are like, even if it's a complete blowout, embarrassing loss, I'm a duck fan, live or die. Everything, you know, every single duck game and every single duck player deserves it. All of our, you know, love at 100 percent of the blah 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 yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In the middle here, I'd say, I mean, first of all, if you're talking about college football kickers, just never, ever, ever rely on the college football kicker. Like, sometimes sure. you should go for the field goal, Look. but you should honestly be looking, like, at 50 to 50%. Like, the, you know, 50-50 shot they're going to make it. Look at the NFL. I mean— Look how many kickers are missing brother, the same distance as I college know. kickers. I've only ever trusted 
one kicker in the entirety of my football watching career, and Pete mm-hmm. Carroll traded that fool away like an idiot. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget you, Hauschka. You're my boy. But outside of that, you're totally right. But I do think it felt like, oh look, we can move the ball easy. This is easy. We're just we're gonna keep hitting the way we play. We're playing hard, quick, bop, 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 and then we mm-hmm. just stop. And then we just stop. And then we just don't get into the end zone. Am I wrong? I, I think I think the obviously when you're looking at two games, our last two games. And I do have the getting, memory of a goldfish. So <laughs> we're getting into the red zone and we're not scoring yes um these are also small sample sizes because a bunch of times we are scoring or we don't even have to get to the red zone to score uh it's nothing i'm but too you don't worried like about that. i don't like that oh yeah i don't like not winning either. if you can't but, win um, on the five yard line then you you're fucked just about a lot of times okay. especially anyway, you're gonna be this aggressive i'm so sorry um i'm so sorry so I definitely think there were some injuries that were hurting us a bit here. Jaleel, Jaleel Florence was on a snap count. Yes. That's one of the cornerbacks that was injured. Um, and then Kyrie Jackson actually straight up didn't play. Right. As did by uh, Brian Addison, who all of them, I mean, that combined, that's a whole lot of senior leadership. Yes. In or you know like veteran play right. in the secondary against a team that overall has always and will always seemingly want to throw the ball, and the most frustrating parts of the game for me personally, especially in the first half or something, would be um, Cam Ward escaping the pocket, you know, just Constant. doing like crazy juke moves. Yeah, which is which is his that's his special ability. Honestly, um, he is really fantastic at that, and then finding open players down the field. Now, I think one thing that I've learned over these years is especially that, like, sometimes, like, you've done everything right, but if if a quarterback is escaping for long enough and you're not able to get to him for a number of reasons, eventually they're probably going to find somebody that's open. It's like near impossible to actually be able to cover receivers yeah. for like once you're getting into eight seconds, yeah. nine seconds. Right, because like, now everybody's just kind of running. Yeah, and, and they are they were playing like desperation mode, what felt like pretty quickly. Yes, uh, They correct. did get some we big put plays. Them, and you see, that's why I said, how do you want me to go today? Because I can go heavy home or I can go logical. Because we did make them have to be pedal to the metal out of the gate. Because that is what we do. Mm. Continue. So I agree. I can be well, level-headed about this. I can If you want to be... Okay, so the homer in my head is always going to be way more fun to be at. Because the only other option, if you're just like the kind of fan... Which there's plenty of them online. It's kind of insane. Like there's there are so many fans calling for like Will Stein, our offensive coordinator, his head, because basically they don't like the lack of like why aren't we just bombing it down the field or at least going for like ten yards, fifteen yard passes almost like all the time. Just like it's just like those are the I most fun plays. They... Those are the most effective. Well, these people. Hold on. Are... 
Hold on. Okay, Give me sorry. a fucking yep. second. You, you get me heated, baby. <laughs> Coming in hot. So so there's literally people who are just like that. Let's fire this dude. Motherfucker, we have like a top five offense in most categories. And if you're willing to fire someone like that, A, you're a fucking idiot. Fact. And B, you're not going to be happy until we win a national championship, which means... You're probably never going to be fucking happy because we're probably never going to win a goddamn national championship. No. Because we're the Oregon Ducks. No, and we're, we're cursed. winning one this year but, and we're winning one next year and one after that. So if we do win one, yay, that'll be great. And the people who are just homers will be celebrating. Honestly, probably harder than you uh, compared to the I just don't get this mentality of like in the there's so much to pick apart and we will, especially with our uh, upcoming guest here hit the day. But there's there's a ton to pick apart. You got to really take into play that there were injuries yes. in the secondary, which allowed quite a few of the the and it's going to you know, passing us. yards. Oh, absolutely. But and, and the, they're practicing again. So it's it's not like. You know, disastrous injuries, but once you're injuries, injured, same though, it's easy to re reignite, and we got a lot. We oh, still yeah, got sure. a lot of season in front of us, dude. Really important season, yeah. And um, so, like Lincoln Victor, who finished with an insane stat line. I mean, this is why people were getting upset. I think he had a hundred yards, like def. I believe before the half, sixteen receptions for hundred and sixty-one yards, thirty-seven yard long. Uh, Kyle Williams caught a 47-yard pass. Um, Nunali got, got a 37-yarder. Josh Kelly got a 27-yarder. Like, they were bombing the field down. They got 438 total yards of receiving. However, a couple of things you got to pay attention to here is, yeah, they're, like, having a ton of success late uh, or th- throwing down the field. But rushing, we completely shut them down 57 oh, yards. Yeah. When you, yeah, and, and we were getting good pressure yes. on Cam Ward, which meant a lot of times he was either winning it by escaping the pocket and doing some like truly like needing to do Superman shit, and sometimes that would work, sometimes it wouldn't, and we won those downs. Right, and in the end, well, we won thirty-eight to twenty-four, and there was a late garbage touchdown. And so I, I don't know. And yeah, I'm just saying there's uh, a reason, or like. It's like what I was kind of saying earlier with what you're saying. The reason why these people are trying to get all hot and heavy about bullshit is because mm-hmm. even though we're applying pressure to him constantly, we're not sacking him nearly as effectively as we normally could, per se. And it's just all getting into details, right? Bro, six sacks so- is a lot. We got six sacks on him. Yeah, That's a but that lot was like second sacks. half sacking. I feel like you know we were kind of still sack. Yeah, still sack that happened in, that in the game. Ha- but that first <laughs> half is where you can focus oh, yeah. on and be like, duh, 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 I'm unhappy. The second half yeah. you can't talk about because you should be happy because that's who we should be all the time, but a little bit better. But yeah, were, well, it's also like color or not Colorado, fucking Washington State. All they looked like really was the Huskies, but like a a B level <laughs> student, you know. Like, oh look, you know they, what? they're uh, just as good as the Valley Victorian, except they're just not as actually good. <laughs> they they have a few different styles. Um, online hit the day media, and I was thinking this too. Um, they do kind of feel like USC, but 
a bit worse. Their style of play of just like a quarterback needing to do magic to get down the field, having good receivers that are able to do it, but having like paper thin defense. Yeah. um, Which I don't know. I mean, it was an interesting one. We did let that last minute or that late touchdown in the fourth. That one is definitely there's two things. And again, you shouldn't like nitpick every individual play and be like, well, if this went wrong, then mm-hmm. uh, if this went right, then this would have been amazing. And if we were to pull this off, then everything would have changed because it's like, yeah, that that's life. That's football. But if you were to, for example, that first drive in which um, uh, we got a holding that ended up negating a touchdown pass what would have been a really good touchdown yes. pass for us like a, a deep i think it was a troy franklin um and but we had the on a johnny cornelius there was the holding he had another one yes too. Our, our offensive line didn't have the best game no but if you would have given us that touchdown and then late in the game when yeah we did have some twos out there because we want to preserve what you know healthy starters we have if they would have just played a bit better, I mean, it, it, at one point it got to third and three. If we would have won that down and stopped them from scoring that late touchdown, then all of a sudden the score would be like 45 to 17, yes. which feels much more like a right. beat down, you know. Right. But but if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Yes, and that's why I'm saying I can go either way on this game because, mm-hmm. A, we fucking won. B, yeah, we won. We knew that we, I mean, it's a different, I mean, I don't know how. What do you mean? I don't know because I don't know enough. You know what I mean? I know a little bit to where I can like have the spark of a thought that might be insightful <laughs> to the game of football, but then I don't yeah. know enough to actually put it into words. I'm cavemanning with my. Well, then let's look at some numbers, yeah. my friend. Let's because look at some we numbers. Got, yeah. Okay. Hit me, and it'll all come clear. Because what it all comes down to is, yeah, like 495 total yards allowed, mm. specifically 438 passing yards. Brother, and also this That's is That's a lot. When you say, yeah. It's, Jordan, it's not touching James, now. my guy. Oh, yeah. That dude. And Bucky Irving. Okay, no, well, that, I know. That's what I should know. Give you, we all love Bucky Irving. That's what should give you optimism is the second half of the game. They The first half, they were clearly trying some new things. Uh, some basic things didn't work out for them on offense. And Wazoo was, you know, able to get some big plays and such. Yeah. And it, it looked like it was going to be even more uh, of a game. Yeah. That second half, it was pretty clear. Yeah. They're like... You know what? Let's just push through these motherfuckers. We got two of the maybe the best now, running backs in in Pac-12 play. Can Let's I? Let's just jam it down their throat. And they made huge plays huge. and it just changed the entire trajectory of the game. Can I? Which is good to see. Can I? Can I posit an idea and then you t- and just as a run by you and you tell me? Let's hear it. Does this make sense? Because I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like I would maybe the offensive coordinator I would maybe be going whispering to his ear a different <laughs> concept slightly which is just okay. like doesn't it make I like James so much that what I what I feel like I want to do with him is kind of mm-hmm. a more of a he's like a a light L I T E version of Marshawn Lynch 
<laughs> to where I would want to use him like three, four plays in a row because he'll all he'll get you to a first down over three plays. But he also runs into dudes. He's like, here yeah. you are, but here I come through you now. Yeah. So yeah. that a, a I would want to use back, him yeah. like three or four times just to wear those fuckers down. And then you drop in Bucky to be able to plow through easy. So that's on fourth down we do that. <laughs> well, no, because um, on three downs you got a first down because that's what, you're what James saying is, is the you. oldest form of football mind that you can possibly have and there's nothing wrong with it per se and we were doing that yes. if you remember under Cristobal that is Cristobal but we didn't right have there. James and James I think true. my whole thing is the whole point I'm yeah, trying to say right is now. I feel mm -hmm. like if I was the offensive coordinator I see in that kid something so mm -hmm. special he would be the starter there was uh well this is the thing um, who's better, Jordan James or Bucky Irving? Uh, it's two I'm, different styles equivalently played. Not not that different, though. I mean, they're approximately about the same size. They both, like, blow through motherfuckers, but they're also quick. Like, did you see, do you remember Bucky Irving's cut that he made just to go 40 yards? Yes, well, that okay. Was unreal. But this that is was where unreal. I, this is where I say it's a different style because whenever I look at James, I see a, a war tank that mm -hmm. is going to just push through you. And when I look at Bucky Irving, it's more of like an F-16 to keep the fucking military vibe metaphor alive. Well, this Where is he... He is slick. He rather he can see that little hole and he can slip right by it and get through it. Whereas James, Aaron, goes, I see that quite hole, frankly, quite frankly, Aaron, I don't think it kind of matters. Like fuck all oh. who starts per se. Oh, what matters is that you've got two of them. Right. <laughs> if if just one of these, if just one of these guys had like ten more carries. They're gonna be less effective, right? Looking at it right now, facting, this is why dude. it's that's so good. This is why it's good. Great point. Bucky Irving, fifteen carries, one hundred and twenty-nine yards, two touchdowns, averaging eight point six goddamn yards per about, carry. Dude. Almost a first down per carry. Right. That's sick. Jordan James, thirteen carries, okay. one hundred and three yards. <laughs> 7.9 average. I mean... So just about as good. Zero touchdowns, but doesn't really but matter. But they don't, they don't use him. It's see, that that's what I'm saying. I want to see him be the touchdown guy. But he's... he's I, and I he gets us there. And then we rely on Bucky to to bring in the points. It's fine, it's, I guess. I'm, I would I'll tell you, I, I don't so think... <laughs> I don't believe Buck. They're bringing in Bucky purely no. to be the guy no. to do it at the end. I in think this game, it's they a did. rotational thing. Last uh, week yeah. against the Huskies, James was throttling through that defensive well, line to get points, ex except for one particular moment when we desperately we don't talk about do that one, my dude. We never will happen. talk about that one. That's in the past. Um. Yeah, I will say. I will say that that is a real thing that other fans are thinking no about is is that i mean especially when we're talking about washington is what this is all coming down to the most recent painful loss they're being like why don't you just jam it up the gut 
three times in a row. Sure. As opposed to trying different kind of, you know. And at this, and all I got to say about that right now is like when it when it works, it does. Yep. When when you don't just ram it up the gut or go for the field goal, when you play more conservative, um, and it works, it's awesome. And then when you lose by like two scores. You're maybe gonna say, ah, no, it's because we played too conservative. Right. It's it's more like, is the coach doing something that has been proven to not work or not? And I think it as of right now, these coaches have proven that they're going for an efficiency thing and they're just going for better athletes. Here's thing. what and they're doing. It'll be interesting in Utah. Dude, yeah. You knocked it on the head with the better athlete thing. I feel like our grasp of just the fundamentals of a play-by-play mm-hmm. thing, the kids are grinding on it because you're looking at all these, like, quick-out passes, right? Like, we're yeah. constantly just... Yeah. We're constantly going somewhere with the ball that you have mm-hmm. to always... You, as a defensive player, have to now... It's not like oh, they've started with this play, so I know the sequence is going to go bop, 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 more than likely, right? Yeah. It's like no, every pl- play is hoping... a new, I have to remember what they do whenever they line up like this and he says these words. Well, like with the RPO game and stuff like that, we're trying to make <sighs> it fucking... so this is the way it happens every time, except next game you switch it up a exactly. little bit exactly. to take advantage of it. And then the next um, thing you know, you yeah. got them fucking like... Just constantly thinking this is going to be a quick out to the tight end or it's going to be a run to the same side. And then the next thing you know, it's a 30-yard pass to the opposite side. And we're like, this is how? Congrats. And that is why I like that we're not doing deep bombing constantly and why that fan base should maybe muzzle it a little bit is because... (laughs) Oh, We've dude, got you didn't even a... see the Washington-Arizona State game. You have no idea. Oh, really? <laughs> you have no idea, my man. But look, that's um, a weapon that we utilize because you've got them on the ropes and you just need to knock them out real quick so that they'll – you know what I mean? That's how we best utilize play of the game. It. Best play of the game mm-hmm. was, I think, the most memorable is – so, you know, we got everyone stretched out. Uh, all the receivers are bombing down the field. Mm-hmm. Wazoo's really trying to cover it. But then, and instead of trying to force it in there, trying to make like a fantastical or a big you know, catch where only your guy can get it and hopefully that'll work. Instead, what Bonix does is look down at Bucky Irving, kind of in the flat, and he goes, oh, no one's covering him. I'll pass it to him. That's the easiest pass. Passes to him. Not only does he get the ball, but Patrick Herbert... Gets running, he's already running down the field after making a good, like, little shoulder block on the line. Is already running down yeah. the field in front of him. Meanwhile, a Coog who has truly no fucking idea what is going on, he thinks someone else has the ball and has ran out of bounds. That's how little this Coog knew what the fuck was going on. So he's just standing on the sideline, not playing football while football is actively being played <laughs> around him. And so. And and fucking Bucky Irving is choosing to run like, yep, we're going that direction, yeah. running right at that guy. Patrick Herbert, destro- a tight end, yeah. destroys him because he has no idea he's even being blocked. Yeah. Just boom, levels that guy. Bucky, Ir- Bucky Irving runs in for the score. And that just uh, that was just the power of like Bo Nix being like, 
oh, yeah, that guy. He's op- I don't need to go for the deepest pass. I need right. to go for who's open and who's right. going to be the most sure way to get down the field. And that's why he's he got, calculator. like— He's obvi- uh, he's one of he's I would say the best as far as like uh, uh, who he's going against and completion percentage mm-hmm. like how often like humming around eighty percent or something like that how often the pass is being completed and that is because of his other stat which he broke against Wazoo he has earned the most starts that's right as a quarterback in college football that's right. history that's right he's got like, the record. And James got some for. kind of a record as well, right? I'm sure some freshman crazy thing. I'm sure he did. Uh, there was quite a few. Um, yeah, there's uh, quite a few. Oh, well, one thing I want to say on defense that I was very excited about. Yeah. It could be a really fun battle to watch. So, Jesson Jacobs, who, you know, of course, he was the transfer linebacker who we were most excited about. On Arguably one of the most excited transfers into the program this season. Uh he has transferred over to us, right? And he was injured the entire offseason, has not played a game until Wazoo. He finally played against Wazoo. What's his position? And I'm sorry. He's a linebacker. Linebacker, thank you. Um, and he specifically has a very good like it's a uh, he came from Iowa, which is just like you know, defensive school. They do Brother. not care about offense. You They're going to win. Your average defense. Iowan is basically a cube. <laughs> yeah, you Just... get it. Exactly. You know, there are Big Ten brothers. We can say that. Um, so he that. transferred from there. Uh, he was great there. Played in all 14 games there. Now he's coming for us, and he has a really unique combo of size and speed that is something we are kind of lacking at this position, and it'll be really exciting to see him against Utah next week. Okay, I have this week, this Saturday. I do have to and, ask uh, you the stupid yeah. question now. What's that? As a defensive lineman, the speed is good because he's not a defensive lineman. He's a linebacker. Oh God damn it! I am so yeah. sorry. You say the words, and then I just immediately <laughs> never mind. Okay, never mind. Um, You're right. So but... there you go. It was a stupid question. <laughs> Well, there you go. At least you know it. Um, but, yeah, everyone else, like, on defense overall, it wasn't our finest game, but it was pretty good considering the injuries. Nice to see Justin Jacobs out there. Uh, nice to see young players like uh, Mateo Uyungalele out there just killing motherfuckers. Very fun to watch. Um, I don't know. I, basically, I'm ready to forget about this game and never think about it again. Though it is sad. That this is probably the last time, like, who knows, ever we're going to play Wazoo. You say and that, kind but, of you know, reason, I just but... don't give a shit. Have you been to Eastern Washington? <laughs> I mean, I have not. And now I never will. Yeah, well, I've they, been to Pullman like college once, game day. and it was fine. But if you've ever wanted to go somewhere where you're just like, oh, this is a town filled. It is 100% normies. There you go. That's where you go. <laughs> well, thank God we don't have to deal with that anymore now that we're going to... Let's check this. Oh, the Midwest. Ah! <laughs> Indiana Brother, and Illinois, I'm sure we'll have much I've more interesting people. I've been to freakier, deakier fucking spaces in the Midwest on tours than I've ever <laughs> gone to in eastern Washington. That's just... You're mm-hmm. like, 
There's one place in Eastern Washington, but that stays. You're like, you're like, oh man, Bloomington, Indiana is a fucking crazy madhouse, bro. Dude, you never partied till you've been to fucking. I don't know. I don't even know these places. Bloomington, Indiana, (laughs) fucking rips. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god um yeah uh, this game i'm I'm basically i'm ready i i'm ready to say goodbye to wazoo mainly because we have had so many games or at least the ones that stick in my head where they aren't very good on paper but then just embarrass our whole season either by it being too close or them actually beating us yes. or uh it's or That's the, thing. the only other memories i have is is us just having such lopsided wins over them that it's like okay on to the next one and that's that's kind of my thing why i'm also like fine to never think about them ever again because right, well, there you go this was a this was going to be one of those games the first half I you just you I oh man you never you've you sum it up so good every time but this time you've done it the best. The hey. first half was just kind of embarrassing. And it was like why what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And then well, it went I mean, oh no, be... there we go. Okay. Yeah, that's what it yeah. Uh to be fair, we still had the lead at half, which is all all I'm really looking for in yeah. these weird games. Yeah. If you I still mean, strangle sure. the, if you still find the way to get a lead at half, it feels like, well, we've got an advantage. Let's try it in a second. And that goes to show that I think we're a pretty decent team. Is that typically in the second half we do better, dude? So, typically, decent schmeesent. We mm. are building a national championship run. Bro, what are you talking about, Bucky Irving? I I love Jordan James too. He is he does present. I would say he's a stronger runner than Bucky Irving. Fucking but Bucky a. Irving had a forty-two yard pass touchdown. The one I was talking about from Bo Nix, yeah, and had a forty-three yard running touchdown sure. from, from to himself. How, right. how are you going to say anyone's better than that motherfucker? Look, I think we're in a perfect situation look. where we have. Someone who's a starter with experience who I think right now on the football field is better. And then we have someone who is promising, sure. arguably like like yeah. only a few steps behind, if that, right behind him as the one two po- I mean Excellent. and Noah Whittington is is injured. He would he was supposed to really be the true two, and then like Jordan James is supposed to be like our third dude that we bring in. But James stacked, is too good. Man. But well, and, and this is all I'm hurt. saying, right? You just brought up in this game there was one actual Bucky Irving run for 40 yards, right? Because the other <laughs> yeah. one was a pass. Yeah. All I'm saying is if you put James in there to like scruff McGruff rough these motherfuckers up. Which they have been. For like, and so you start with him. Every drive is James is in the back. He's going to be here for the next five to seven snaps, depending on how you it goes. You realize it's a bad idea to just, to just tell us straight, just to be like, we're always going to run three times in a no, row. Would no. be really stupid. You put him you in for right? seven, you give him the first seven snaps, right? You want, you want James in there. Seven snaps in a row we're going to run? With, no. Guaranteed. 
That's why I use the word snaps because sometimes it's a run, sometimes it's a pass. You keep the gameplay the same, but you keep Uh James in the backfield as a constant threat of, God damn it, every Mm. dude that dude hits, every time that dude hits me, it kind of fucking hurts. And so he's just now a threat. And so every time he so runs, you don't it kind of fucking you hurts. you don't think when, when Let me Bucky Irving hits Let me them. finish my point. You don't I'm think it there. hurts people when Bucky Irving hits them. So all I'm saying is, is if me. you start with James and let him bruise the line up a little bit, Bucky uh-huh. Irving is going to go from having one 40-yard run a game to like three <laughs> because they're going to be hurt enough for him to slip through the way he does a little better. I'm seeing it in the fourth dimension, my friend. Why why you. why wouldn't we just say start with Bucky Irving and then let Jordan James do that? Because that's not what Jordan James is. Jordan James is a tank style runner. He doesn't give a he likes holes. He'll go through them, but he's just fine and dandy to hit you square in the chest and push, push, push. Until you're exhausted, because he knows right. once you're exhausted, hole gets bigger. So all we do is we batter the wall with him a couple mm-hmm. times, and then let Bucky fucking slip right in. Mm! Well, Aaron, I just want to thank you. <laughs> I've been on Oregon Duck Twitter for 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 many of these hours since the Oregon Wazoo game, and I've seen many made up arguments into why to want to nitpick this game and that is truly one of the most made up reasons I've ever heard to be upset because it's not about the game it's about the style of play that I think we could do that would be even it would just elevate us by like three to seven percent and when we get back from commercial break I bet Hithleday will back will back me up All right. Well, we'll find out after these commercial messages. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but the time machine is broken. I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously, when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection. So not going to lie. I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam. What are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing. No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste and demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make We can review every duck season as it happens. Even the children here are freaky. Then post it on the Quack 12 Patreon in the future. I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events. Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time-traveling stoner hosts. We live in the most expensive house in Eugene, And it's a fucking shack. And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future. And when we get it in the past, we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively. And I'm talking robber baron status, baby. Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television. 
all listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com slash quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment. But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it. That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for. And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine. And we're back on quack, quack. crack. That is right, Aaron. Back from commercial. And not only are we brought to you by the Quack 12 podcast, the greatest Oregon uh, Ducks podcast on the web, Footosphere, and also our sponsor, we are also brought to you. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I, a, I saw you setting yourself up for it, and I was going to stop you, but I was like, no, let's let us. it ride. Let's let it ride. I'll, pr- I'll personally promote this thing. Listeners of yeah. U- that happen to be in Eugene, Oregon, which I would, I would hope there's a good amount. I would hope there's a good amount. On the 29th of this most scary month, that is October. Go down to well, it was once called the Bijou, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if y'all know this, it, it was it's a church turned into a movie theater. Now it is called the Art House. Has a cat on it. Yeah. Right next to campus, real close. You can't miss it. On your way to Moe's, you've seen this movie theater, all right. Well, the Eugene Film Society are having a competition there, and it is it is the seventy-two hour horror film festival in which participants had 72 hours, that is right, 72 hours, to make a full three-minute horror movie, max three minutes. And yours truly, that is right, of the Quack 12 podcast, not only do I produce this very show that you're listening to, but I also directed and produced a horror short in this competition. And it would help me out so much if you got your butts down there on the 29th, Multiple screenings, and I'm not even going to say vote for me and the film called Meathead, which is a masterpiece. No, 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 no. Just go down there and vote for the... For the film that is is most calling to you, and guess what? It's probably gonna be mine because we've made this this beautiful little film, and it'll it'll warm your your cold hearts. So the 29th at the art house, please get down there anytime. If you see me there, I'll I'll buy you a small popcorn. Not really, Adam. Um, yeah, I What's gotta that? I gotta tell you, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You showed me the movie. Fucking four stars for sure. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, but I actually thought it was called Meathead. Uh, you thought it was Meathead. I did. Mm. It, yeah. So that's on me. Meathead. Better well, title. I feel like, I feel <laughs> that like was my Archie only Bunker note. Over here, my only note was I want to call a, you a Meathead. My only note was what's a Meathead? Wow. No oh. longer a note. So I loved it. I thought it was great. If people, if enough people call it Meathead, it's just gonna be Meathead. Okay. At this point. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the plug. That and, of course, the Quack12Podcast.com, which is what will take you to the Quack12 Patreon. Hours, hundreds of hours of entertaining duck knowledge there. And then while you're on the internet, go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Leave us a comment. 
Rate and review us. And and I just want to say this theater, this is the same guy that is, uh, he's got two theaters, right? Where he's bringing in a bunch of movies and doing premieres and stuff. The Metro is very cool also in Eugene. If you're in Eugene, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this, you have to, you have to patron these spaces because that kind of local community just theater experience is not to be rested on. It's 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 the better way to do things. So anyway, keep it local, motherfuckers. More. Couldn't agree more. And hopefully these free plugs for his business will make it so uh, I win. The hey, contest. maybe we'll do a live <laughs> show at the theater. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we we'll got... do it during a movie. We'll there just we show go. up. We'll do the live movie show. starts. Do yeah. live commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Record right we'll, there in the theater. We'll do a live show at the theater while watching both Prefontaine movies at the same time. Double screening. Yes. Oh, double screening at the same time. That's good. I'll be in one we'll theater. Have... You'll be in the other theater. We'll live stream both feeds. I'll have one movie. You have the other. We'll do one in reverse <laughs> and one starts in the beginning. So you see like his birth and a, the car crash at the same time. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> That's that's what duck fans want to hear, right? Anyways, anyway, patreon.com uh, quack twelve podcast. <laughs> go check it out. We love you. For five dollars a month, we will end the podcast forever. That's all you have to do. Um <laughs> let's bring on our wonderful guest. I've uh, got a resident burning film question. reviewer over at Addicted to Quack slash the managing editor. Uh, he's got his own podcast. He's got his own series of articles that you simply have to check out over at ATQ. He's also got this his week. He's got his own opinions. Yes, he does. Uh, Trademark. And uh, Duct Tape Film Review of Week 8, 2023 versus Washington State is this week's article that you simply have to go and look at. Here we go. Hithliday. How you doing, Hithliday? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. We were just saying that this is the kind of... It was the kind of win where... There's plenty to pick at if 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 you're the kind of fan that's if you really pick. looking to just like if you're the kind of fan that's like calling for Will Stein to be fired somehow, which somehow exists out there if you yeah. look in the deep dark, you know, uh, parts of the internet. But um, also it was uh, it was a good win overall. You know, it was only 14 points, but also 14 points is two scores. There's mm. times where you looked completely there's, there's dominant. There was a backdoor cover or, that was yeah. Yeah, it was last second. We had, yeah. I'm not feeling too bad about it, but there, there's plenty to critique, and that is why your articles can be so uh, awesome and and honestly um, calming to read. Yeah, is because it's a it's something that's actually pointing out the things that happened in the game, not just the feeling of the game. If you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was funny. There was a somebody in the comment section of the article was. Uh, was asking me today in a self-aware way, like I, 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 I thought that was interesting, but uh, and and commendable. But it was like, you know, my feelings keep telling me that Oregon is terrible <laughs> in short uh-huh. yardage, you know, possessions. You know, what, what it, can you tell me what what actually the numbers are? And I was like, they're they're good. You know, here are the numbers. And I was like, yeah, okay, but. <laughs> Could you split it, you know, break it down by, you know, second down, third down, and also run and pass, and also what the frequency mm-hmm. of run and pass are? And I was like, yes, here are all those numbers, which are, <laughs> you know, all of them break down to be really good. I like, will compute now. 
I yeah, mean, basically. I don't even have to do the robot voice. I literally just press a, a button, you know, a database query will just spit all of those out. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, here you go. Uh, and uh, it's like, man, I just, I really, my gut is telling me that that's like, you know, that that's wrong, yeah. you know, but I, I know it's not, you know, but it, but it's like, I think a big, it, but a it's big like part it, of it. It's like it's just the way that your memory works. You know, it's like you right. remember the failures, right? Because yeah. the failures are upsetting. And, and and so they, you know, they exist in this like outsized, you know, place in your mind, whereas the successes because you uh, it's like the red light, green light phenomenon, like like, y you know, red. If you're driving to work and you hit like two red lights, you're like. Oh my God, it's nothing but red lights. And you forget about the 12 green lights that you've been driving through <laughs> right. on the way there because you assume that you're, you know, the green lights are normal. They're what you're supposed mm. to be getting, you know? So, so you forget about them instantly, you know? Camden Lewis misses a field goal and yep. it just sours the taste for the rest yep. of the meal, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, overall, I felt pretty good. Obviously, uh, our secondary, it was a unique challenge for them because we did have some change-up. Kyrie Jackson, Addison, not in there. There was some, uh, you know, people having to play kind of in positions that they weren't asked to at the beginning of the season. How do you think the secondary overall? Because obviously, number-wise, we did let some deeper passes down but it did feel like like right our ward was having to work really hard for them and kind of doing what he's best at a little bit uh yeah well th th okay so first of all uh you are correct there were you know there were uh, two two starters out and then a third starter you know florence who wasn't playing in the first half and then when he came in in the second half it was sort of like it seemed like limited snap count and then that had sort of a that uh, the the effect that that had was not just bringing some some guys off of the bench, but also like moving some other guys around so that they weren't playing their normal positions. You know, so like Taishim Johnson, who's normally like the boundary safety, was was well. Uh, uh, Nico Reed, who normally plays like the 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 slot corner, got moved to play outside corner in place of Kyrie Jackson, and then uh, Taishim Johnson moves over to fill in, you know, for for Nico Reed uh, instead of the you know boundary, and so then Steve Stevens comes off the bench, you know, to play uh, Taishim Johnson's position. Well, Stevens isn't as good as Johnson at Johnson's job. Johnson isn't as good as Reed at Reed's job and Reed right. isn't as good at as Jackson at Jackson's job. And then, you know, Bridges was covering for Florence. Actually, Bridges has not been doing half bad. Um, but you know, still would have been nice to have Florence. Um, uh, uh, and actually Florence had a couple of nice plays when he came back in, in the second half. Um, so like, you know, it's funny cause like one guy being out, then they shuffle guys over. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're three guys worse because of the shuffling. Um, and, and like probably net it's less bad to be three guys a little worse than it is to be one guy spectacularly worse. You know, yeah. that's probably, but that's probably the way that they figure it. Cause if you're spectacularly worse at one guy, that's where they're going to attack you and, and get like 80 yard passes. And then, Oh boy, you're really in trouble. But like, it's just what I, I noticed on film in the game that they actually played was like, Oh boy. Um, so like there is one play where they, you know, from the pocket in which they attack Taishi, 
Team Johnson, where it's like, you know, if that were Nico Reed playing that position the way he's supposed to, he doesn't give up that pass, you right. know? So like, okay. Um, and, but then the other thing so that wait. should be... Go ahead. Sorry. Are they doing yeah. that because... Uh, you know, in my brain, someone someone who has to leave their position is just replaced by this whole brand new fresh human being. But now you've made me realize that no, we're just kind of doing a weird shuffle maneuver. Right. Well, is you, that because I mean, the person could... below said person getting hurt is like still not as good as another? Well, they probably would have done it. They probably would have done it that way, except Florence was also out. Right. Oh, so, right. God damn. So, so having like two different cornerbacks out means that like, well, what are you going to, are you going to put on the field at the same time? Like the third two, string. Right. Exactly. So right. it's like, well, it's probably better to have, you know, one second, like a, a, your, your like one B guy at this position and yep. then move this guy over this guy, this way. Like that's probably your, your, your on balance best option when you have like two cornerbacks starting cornerbacks out at the same time. Right. Um, okay. Well that explains. Yeah. So, so much. And, and then, you know, another thing that was interesting about coverage before I get to like the real thing that was an issue, uh -huh. um, uh, uh, is that, um, interestingly, uh, Justin Jacobs, the, the linebacker that they brought in from Iowa, who's really built more like a, a tall safety, which is, you know, really interesting. Um, he finally got to play in this game. Like we're late in the season, but he finally got over whatever nagging injury it was. Um, uh, and he was, you know, playing and he played very well. Um, like it's great. I was sort of expecting when Jacobs, you know, finally got into play that it would cause a bunch of the rotational inside linebackers who had been playing to just like sit down like, OK, you know, th thank you for your service. But, you know, we got the starter now. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, instead, they were continuing during meaningful play to to play, you know, some some guys like. Bryce Betcher and Devin Jackson and Connor Soleil, all of whom are like guys who I sort of was, you know, I, I would say those are like garbage time or the game is in hand, you know, kind okay. of guys, you know, not like meaningful reps, you know, or, or like the game is still really being hotly contested, you know, kind of guys when you have, you know, Jacobson, Bossa and Hill, um, or like maybe one of those guys, you know, so you have a four man rotation, but Oregon was playing seven or whatever the number is. And yeah. uh, and so there were a couple of different plays when, you know, the, the guys who were like lower down on the rotational list um, were sort of, you know, they were just sort of making some assignment mistakes, which is not like the end of the world or anything. It's not like, like Devin Jackson's a redshirt freshman who didn't play last year. You know, he hasn't even, you know, gotten a ton of, you know, playing time this year. And so he's like, you know, one play that's in my article, he's like, he he's pursuing the wrong guy in zone coverage. And he, and it's funny, Taishim Johnson, you can see him on the clip. He's like, no dude, he's pointing with his arm, like, no, yeah. you need to cover that guy, you know, but it's too late. You know, the pass is already out. And it's just like, okay, you know, that, I mean, that sucks, but it's, it's not the end of the world or anything but like it's just a, it's an interesting curiosity about or it's a it is a fact about how Oregon is playing their defense they are right now preferring to play a lot of dudes and get a lot of dudes experience even if that means you know some of them are in the secondary sort of a little out of position or some of them are younger and less experienced because they think that's you know sort of 
the 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 long term or you know yeah. the, the best solution well, you know and, and like a, and so like yeah the, sometimes that's going to mean they give up some plays you know yeah. like but in but a, like it's it's a choice that they're making they could make they they have it in their power to make a different choice and lots of teams make the other choice which is like no we're just going to play our starters that's it and right. like may, maybe we'll look a lot better but like I don't know what happens when those guys graduate and all of a sudden you got a bunch of greenhorns, you know? Or what happens when a guy gets hurt and you don't have guys who are cross trained in other positions, you know? Like it, it can be more fragile that way, or at least like that's the thinking of, about. Well, and you know I feel like, like you, they probably like having as much information as possible, sure. and so they have a whole extra set of data points to rely on they're like oh we would have never realized this thing had we not had so and so in for that play because normally we wouldn't put him in until the you know the last five minutes of the game blah 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 anyway i'm not necessarily saying it's the right or the wrong decision i it's honestly i like it it's it's rarely my job to say what's the right or wrong decision unless it's like super clear um when it is i it's just my job to 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 tell people like um you know because i you know watch the film closely you know not not just you know on saturday in the heat of the moment when you tend to forget things or not notice things like Mm -hmm. that like that's just what was going on you know it's not like hey man these were all the starters and they were just bums and giving up easy (laughs) plays in which case like maybe your stomach should be roiling instead it was a different situation so like maybe your stomach shouldn't roil so much um so then here's the other thing uh which is um there's a pretty big disparity between um the the effectiveness of wazoo's offense when they were playing Mm. um within the pocket uh, in which basically let me let me back up and say the pocket was constantly breaking down about half of their plays the pocket broke down and Cam Ward had to scramble mm-hmm. out of it and the plays in which it wasn't was just because he was throwing the ball super fast you know it was just because like it's not because the Oregon's pass rush wasn't getting home it was because like you know who's just like oh my god I gotta do this ball Blah! you know and, mm-hmm. and so like those were like two yard passes you know or screen passes or, or little you know short stuff it was like Oregon's pass rushers is absolutely crushing their uh, offensive line and so like that was the reality of this game the sort of like defining fact of this game is that like uh you know Oregon's pass rush was was destroying the offensive line so either you know 50 50 50% of the time is you know tiny little short stuff and it was just like a, a question of like tackling it or breaking up those tiny little short passes and the other half of the time when he, they were trying to to do something a little more than that it was Cam Ward you know scrambling for his life uh, of which about a you know half of those uh, you know, Oregon, you know, caused him, you know, got a sack or a throwaway or some other like, you know, good play for Oregon. But then the other half, so meaning like a quarter uh, of them, I mean, Cam Ward would just pull off a flipping magic trick because it's yeah. like, 
Uh, of course he did you know like because like any quarterback who plays Oregon suddenly becomes you know Harry Houdini crossed with you know John Elway Bryson Barnes is about to make a a claim for like number one pick overall yeah right it's just like you know just pulling you know the the rabbit out of it just every time it's just like oh my god I think you know and it was like and so you know I run the numbers they actually gain you know, 0.74 more yards per play on plays, you know, off like off schedule than when they're trying to throw in the pocket, which means like Ben Arbuckle, their offensive coordinator, you can take a nap, you know, <laughs> like just let Cam <laughs> Ward call the offense. He's doing better than you are, you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at after this game is, uh, yeah, like we dominated everything we need. Well, and it, especially the run game once we really oh, yeah. just kind of buckled down that in the second half yeah was, they don't i mean they, they they don't have a well are you talking about oregon's offense or defense oregon's offense yeah well yeah okay so there's another interesting thing about the offense um about the run game the offense so and this is another thing that you probably you know or, or you know well i certainly didn't notice it um you know until i went back and watched the film which is um they're well, it's sort of two, two, two parts about why sort of Oregon's rush offense wasn't quite working super well to begin the game and then uh-huh. just exploded for super awesome amazingness for the rest of the game. So mm-hmm. what they were doing at the beginning of the game was, number one, um, a lot of their runs, which are were sort of Oregon staples, there's nothing unusual about this, and I totally would have predicted them to work because it's sort of the nature of Wazoo's defense is to bite on these sorts of things, or sort of like manipulation-based, you know, there's sort of misdirection, you know, get you to go one way and then bam, I'm going the other way kind of deals. And then, to my surprise, a little bit, um, Wazoo wasn't biting. They were like, they kind of, you know, were better coached than that. And I was like, hey... That's cool. That's, you know, good for you. You know, don't like genuinely like that's good to see. Oh, um, I was like, don't do that. Well, I I mean, yeah, as an Oregon fan, but then as an analyst, like I'm sure. sort of like you always sort of like tip your hat because I do think that Jake Dickert, the, the Wazoo head coach, who's actually a defensive. He comes from the defensive side of the ball, which is interesting to see at Wazoo because it's, you know, it's for as long as anybody can remember been like, you know, an all offense kind of team. Um mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually think he's a pretty good coach, you know, or at least a pretty good, turn Michigan State around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um, so just sort of like tip of the hat, you know, for like, for for that, and then the the other sort of like part of that is, and this is really interesting. Um, Will Stein, Oregon's offensive coordinator, was putting on tape, I think, Mm -hmm. to like give upcoming opponents something to chew on, um, uh, Mm. and also like depending on how you count it up to uh, eight different new plays that Oregon had never run before, which is a bond. Like it's crazy to see one this late in the season. He put eight on a film. Wow. Or although really, if you count it a little differently, well, it might be as few as five between five and eight, depending on how you count it. Um, it, it when, like I said, even one is like, would make my eyebrows go up. Like, yeah. So well, that's cool. So like 
so that is cool, like definitely cool. And I put a bunch of clips in my article that was like, it, like not for nothing. It was just like, this doesn't really have anything to do about how Oregon won or the game close or anything. It was just like, Hey everybody, look at this, you know, this yeah. is neat. You know, uh, there's just like, like one of them I named after Mexican food. Cause that's my deal. Whenever they do a tackle over play. Uh, and anyway, which was totally new. They What's did it called then. What'd well, they name? did it. They did it out of a sugar huddle. So I called it the churro. Um, <laughs> hey, um, nice. Well, nice. Dude, it's, it's it's funny that you bring that up because one of the things that I was telling Adam before you jumped on is that it to me just watching the game it felt like we were constantly making them have to think every single play. You know what I mean? Like we well, there was so much stuff felt like well, it was getting yes. changed up and tossing them around. So, so, yeah, Oregon was doing that a lot, and part of what was going on a little bit at the beginning of the game was that Wazoo, to their credit, for some of those new plays, like, there's this counter-toss play, which is, like, it's really cool, and I totally would have predicted it would have worked, and then it didn't. They sniffed it out, and it's like, if they sniff it out, it's impossible for Oregon to to win on the play because they just don't have enough blockers. Like there's, mm. if they, if they figure out what's going on and they move their defensive end in the correct direction, like Oregon doesn't have any enough blockers to win the play. So it's like, as soon as they figure it out, that's it. The play's over. And, and so it's like, wow, good, like seriously good for you. Like I totally huh. would not have expected. They would have figured that one out for the first time Oregon ever ran it. Like, wow. <laughs> So, so like some of that stuff was what was what was going on. So then, so in between sort of new plays and, and, and some of the, like the, Hey, let's do misdirection stuff. And, Oh, they're not being misdirected. Interesting. So then what Oregon sort of switches up their run strategy to is they're just going to run gap schemes like power blocked. It's, which is a bread and butter play. I mean, it's a pop Warner, you know, off tackle power play, you know, GT pull, um, or, or uh, you know, tackle tight end pull or, you know, whatever. It's two guys pulling as lead blockers. In Fundamentals, the baby. I mean, really is. It's like God's play stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, Oregon's blockers weigh 320 pounds and uh, Wazoo's defenders are like 250 pounds and it's hat on hat blocking. It's not like, you know, zone blocking where it's combos and then up to the thing. No, nah, it's just like uh, me you, me, you, me, you, I block you, and uh, I outweigh you by 70 pounds, and so you're going that way. Yeah, so um, me. Yeah, so, and, and they're just, like, brutalizing them. I mean, it's just nasty um, what they're doing to them, and, um, and yeah, that's it. I mean, that's just what happens, it, and then just Oregon does it, like, over and over and over, and then, so they run that play about, like, eight, I mean, not, like, in a row, in a row, they're interspersing it with some pass plays and some RPOs and a couple other things. But like right. they're when they run straight run plays, the straight run play that they run are eight of those in a row, including two of them that like one of them that goes for like 40 yards and another so that goes for 20 yards. But then at the end of that chain, the ninth one that they do is a, a, a counter off of that in which they run against in the opposite direction to the pullers. So now the, the defense really f and finally is misdirected and they go the wrong way. Mm. And that creates the one-on-one -on -one in the hole with the safety. That's the one that you probably remember because it's the number zero versus number zero play mm -hmm. where the free safety comes down. He's like, okay, I'm going to stock you Bucky Irving. And then Bucky, oh. Bucky breaks his ankles. And like that, that dude, was brutal. I, to yeah. Watch, so anyway, that's that play. 
play that that if you nice. that I mean the the clips in my article like you watch it he the the pullers are going one way and Bucky isn't following the pullers he's going mm. the other way so like that's the exclamation point on the end of those eight runs that go with the pullers is they finally go the other way of the pullers and that's what creates the one on one with that safety and then Bucky just destroys that poor that poor so- kid. <laughs> this we're, we got to it to such a degree that I feel like I have to bring it back up before because before you got on, mm-hmm. I had a strategy, if you will, that I thought could be utilized, which is what if we used James more than Bucky? to help weaken that defensive style to just like, because he's okay. Long story short, I feel like Bucky's the finesse guy. Mm. James is like the tank guy. Am I, I off think this on this? Lose us. Um, you're, you're, you got a little something there, but I mostly disagree with you. The, uh. when, when it comes to, Hey, man, like just, you know, here here's the OK, 90, 90 percent of Oregon's rushing offense is just they have a very good offensive line and you right. have a bad defensive line. Okay. And so Oregon just beats you with the blocking and the running back is just the guy toting the rock, you know, like he's just. You know, he's doing what the offensive line buys him. And in that sense, it's like they're Irving versus James. It's kind of since they're just doing what the offensive line buys them, it kind of doesn't matter. The uh, where they're like James now, hits a little harder. Fights well, a little tougher. that is where I think you are. I, I don't know about tougher, but like where you are sort of onto something is that last sort of 10 percent, which is if something's either going wrong or like how they're going to get a little extra, which is. Irving is a little more likely to either improvise a play or to try to like make a dude miss or something. Yes. Whereas James is a little more likely to try to give a guy a stiff arm or run him over. Um, So in that sense, like, yeah, you're right. It's just that those... it's 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 too very nuanced. rare. No, it's not that it's too nuanced. It's just that it's very very rare. You know, you're talking about like one play out of twenty. Got ya. And and so it's and on the other like nineteen plays out of twenty, it's like it doesn't really matter who the back is. You know, they're both good backs. It matters in that sense. Like it, right. they wouldn't work if they were bad backs. But I well, mean, that's what Irving Adam, versus James doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what Adam coached me through as well. Was that it's. What's astounding is that we got two of them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Oregon Travis had three of them until CG Whittington, Burdell. you know, got right, injured. Yeah. And frankly, they probably have more in Lamar and Dowdell. It's just that, hey, they're freshmen and there's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, before we bury this game, is there anything else you guys got to say about this? Or shall we just rest in peace? And go I thought the first half next? sucked and we should have been better and the second half is correct. Um, I'll throw out one thing, which is something that I tweeted just before we got on air because I was doing the Utah versus USC film study. I, 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 um, I, I have, (laughs) I have now, uh, sort of bizarrely, um, I, I have done film study on every game that Wazoo and every game that USC has played this year. Um, they're the only teams besides Oregon, 
that that I have. Um, Weird, yeah. Um, uh, and so I was like, huh? I'll pull up those the the numbers on them. USC is red and gold wazoo. Like, <laughs> like they're like across a number of this the sort of the, like advanced box score stats stats that I collect. Like, mm. like there's the, the rate at which they throw screen passes, tons of screen passes out of USC. Uh, the rate at which they break the pocket, the fact that they're much more effective off in running off schedule plays than on schedule plays. Uh, they're defense like how it is that usc's defense is bad is different from the way that wazoo's defense is bad you know because wazoo is a well-coached but low talent team Mm -hmm. and so they have the typical strengths and weaknesses that a well-coached but low talent team has whereas usc is a high talent but terribly coached team and so has sort of different strengths and and weaknesses but they wind up in the same place where their efficiency and explosiveness per on a per play basis numbers look like and so it's like Mm -hmm. man when i put their like if i like blind myself to like which sheet i'm looking at like i kind of can't tell the difference between you know my 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 summary results pages between USC and Wazoo (laughs) and watching the games. I, I feel the same, like watching the two teams play. Uh, one difference though, according to you is cause I'm looking at Wazoo's schedule. They got Arizona state up, then Stanford, then Cal, then Colorado. Yeah, man. So like Wazoo's got an easy schedule to finish the year. You know, they're probably going to win four or five more games. Yeah. According to you, isn't going to win a single game after this so uh we'll have to look into that here um good point i feel though. like i, I called that. that first actually that you have hated usc for quite a while i'll uh, give you who that doesn't i mean even usc fans do now so <laughs> yeah no joke man how quick that turned and with that let's get into the pick oh shit the pigs the pig the pig the pig that is right. The most beloved segment. I'm beginning on this whole to hate it the most, to be honest with you. I think <laughs> it's maybe the worst. I think I know why. Because I'm sucking. Uh, uh, you are sucking a little bit. We'll, <laughs> we'll show that off a, a little here. Um, the picks, it is loading. There it is. Okay. The great pick'em challenge, if you will. Well, we, we all know. We'll get into the results a little bit later, but right now. This is a big game. This one has scared me quite a bit. Again, to credit Hithliday with this, when we started the season, before week zero even, I remember me personally saying, well, I mean, this is obvious, but the game at Seattle and the game at Salt Lake City, for me specifically, the game in Salt Lake City felt like the most surefire loss. It really did. Um, but to Hitler's credit, I remember him saying, I think it was, we were talking about Utah's overall wins, how much they were going to get in this season. And, uh, we were even talking about Utah ASU or something like that. And I remember you saying, well, there's a whole lot of just people taking for granted that Cam Rising and Brand Keithy will be back. Right. And not only will be back, but like we'll be back sooner than later <laughs> with a vengeance. Um, yeah, with a vengeance. It has now officially. Both those players have been shut down for the season, mm. uh, so we, we know they are not coming back. Wow, um, which it felt 
Yeah, it did feel more and more obvious the later he got into it when it was like, well, it's just illogical. They, they ought to redshirt or, you know, yeah. or, or, to either come back next season or just get ready for the NFL. Like, it doesn't. Exactly. And, and God bro- and God bless them, you know, like, you know, Godspeed mm. to them. And this team right now, like Utah's team, is is beat up to hell. I believe I would say, uh, as far as I've noticed, the worst luck, injury luck in the conference. I mean, this, this year definitely. What's, yeah. What's kind of crazy? This is going to sound ghoulish, I know, but like, um, well, it is they, that time of the year. <laughs> it's football. Um, oh, <laughs> it, you know the 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 uh, uh, you can. Injuries are predictable in football in the aggregate, not, you know, on an individual personal level. But like you can look mm-hmm. at snap count style of play and a couple other factors and say, you know, by the end of the year, you ought to have X number of starters out. Um, Another you- reason why I like that rotational thing we're doing, getting well, more oh, and sure. more of the people in to see snaps. Anyway, sorry. And uh, and and Utah over the previous uh well, with with the COVID year being accepted because, you know, obviously that's screwy for a bunch of reasons. But like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the previous five years, um, the Utah actually had better than expected uh, in, in like they had fewer injuries than would be projected by the model, um, oh. uh, you know, but and, and their gambling and other um places where you can find publicly you know available models for this and they you know i'm not saying anything that that anybody who's really tuned into this sort of stuff would find surprising at all um uh i know that sounds ghoulish to be like i it sounds like a, a saturday morning they had it coming yeah exactly the, like uh, uh, why yeah. didn't those kids get hurt Dad. the way they should have you know like yeah. it wow. sounds like a, you know it, it's it's kind of like the one of my least favorite phrases in all of football is when people are like Oh yeah, they're injury prone, and it's like the injuries you're looking at is like you know a 250 pound defender like ramming into them full speed yeah, at mm-hmm. their knee, and then their knee exploding, and they're like, oh yep, another one of those injury yeah. prone things. It's like yeah, this is a ter- this is a horrifying yeah. So well, game something happens twice, you know. It's just like yeah, uh, you know, give me a break. Like it, this it is yeah. this is more like it's more like actuarial science, which is like the most bland name in the world that we give to people. So that that <laughs> so that like pe- people don't like burn down their houses for wanting to kill grandma you know <laughs> like yeah anyway the um my, my point is i i only bring it i don't bring it up because it's like oh they were due for injuries like that's literally the gambler's fallacy you know to think that like if you have a run of good luck you're due for bad luck or if you're due for uh, have a run of uh, well, bad luck you're due for good luck like no don't say well do not go to the casino and think like oh i lost a bunch look, of money bro. so i but i should keep gambling because that means my luck is due to turn that's All why there are huge skyscrapers in las vegas <laughs> is because people are prone to the gambler's fallacy and they take las vegas takes all their monies because they're stupid dumb idiots who are prone to the gambler's fallacy do not fall for the gambler's fallacy but look if if you flip a quarter, oh my God, and that it is comes up each. Heads. No, the they are flip, independent the events. That is not true. <laughs> okay, you are purposely trying to enrage me by Brought saying by incorrect my bookie. Yeah. Go to my bookie. Type in Quack Twelve. 
your next bet will be a good one. Yeah. That's our new motto. Yeah. Uh, um, no, look, it, I am not saying that to say that Utah is was due for injuries. What I'm saying is Utah fans must feel devastated, especially so because it's not just that they were like on fell off a ledge. It's that they were on a skyscraper. Yeah. And fell off the skyscraper that and then fell. It was like the, a skyscraper was built on the edge of a cliff. And so they fell off mm-hmm. a skyscraper and then <laughs> fell off of a cliff. Uh, yeah, no, you know, terrible. so they went from like their expectation for what the normal amount of injuries were was like, I'm sorry, that's not what the normal amount of injuries are, guys. Like you were you got used to having like practically no injuries. And so now when you're having like way more injuries than normal, like this must feel like you know like the huh. world is coming to an end wow yeah yeah when yeah at the same time i you hope there's some fans that are at least acknowledging like this is a pretty damn good coaching shop that's happened so far and obviously there's a bunch of good luck in there and their offense has been just pretty terrible to mm. watch unless they're playing unless they're playing usc know, usc yeah, yeah. The, the cure <laughs> exactly. the cure for a bad offense is to play alex Grinch's no defense. But so they, it's not so even they, a joke either. I mean, I'm I'm literally looking at their numbers right now, and it's just, it's like oh, yeah. you, I'm looking at Utah's offensive per game, you know, numbers, and it's like red, 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 green. You know, it gets <laughs> real green when they play <laughs> USC. Yeah. Um. So they've they've had a bunch of luck in these games. They've looked pretty ugly in a lot of them, especially with their QB situation, which seems to be mainly led by Bryson Barnes. But every once in a while, is not, but not due to like a confidence thing. It just, they don't have confidence in either of these players, really. Mm. Johnson or Barnes. Um. But hey. They're still in it. If we lose to them, this will be devastating for us, and we'll still have Utah in the conference race. It's a pretty huge game in Salt Lake City. That's really going to be the thing that you know. If it's it's the most going to go their way, that's probably it is like their defense was already by far the scariest part of their Mm -hmm. team, and like you know Oregon, like. Yeah, the, the that that like you know the 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 crowd gets rowdy and it affects Oregon's offense and their defense you know gets a boost from it and uh, and yeah Oregon's in like a rock fight with a team that just like loves being in rock fights like yeah that's that's what they'll want is is how it's to get this game as ugly as possible. I mean, on the other then, hand, yeah. like if Oregon like builds up a lead, like they don't. Utah simply doesn't really have the ability to play themselves out of a hole, not against a defense that's not like grossly incompetent the way that Alex Grinch's is like they they just like, you know, they they just don't like and they just really haven't played a team that has like anywhere close to the ability to like the best offense that they played is Oregon State's and like and and even to the extent that Oregon State has a, you know, a, a good offense, which is frankly even something that I question to be honest with you the uh like their Oregon State's offense is not one that's built to to do that you know like um you know and and the the the, like the, the Utah just simply hasn't played a team that that has the capability of you know getting a lead and then protecting that lead against an offense that can't like strike quickly 
Yes, I know Siani mm-hmm. Vaki exists. I I don't think that like <laughs> best two way player in the conference. Yeah, definitely. I said it. I I, I tweeted it out during the game. I tweeted out a very oh. clever Drake gif uh, or something. Oh. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, uh, anyway, the uh, it was clever according to me. Um, you listen to Drake, dude. I I I I enjoy all the meats of our cultural stew. I um, watch him Degrassi, but I don't listen to him. My um, I, yeah, no, like the, the the this game has the potential to get really out of hand for Utah if it goes in a certain way because they don't have really the ability to dig themselves out of a hole, but it also mm-hmm. has the potential to just get to for them to drag Oregon into the hole and like yeah, don't <laughs> don't 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 mud wrestle with a pig farmer <laughs> you know he's yeah he's experienced yeah, exactly. at it yeah with with bryson bucky barnes as mm. they call him apparently uh aaron who you got in this one you back in the ducks or are you going with these utes Maybe i think the it's final obvious time we'll play them. i think it's obvious that the ducks are going to win this game i don't know that being in utah is going to be an issue crowd wise it's I at 12 30 which is better for us yeah. than a night game. Uh I yeah. I think I think Husky's audience was fucking ruthless to where we will be like, oh, it's just another one of those things, but we're Salt obviously better than this team, so it's fine. They're pretty ferocious fan base. Yeah, who gives happens. a shit? Twelve thirty in Utah Mormons? No thanks. Get out of here. <laughs> You're talking about BYU specifically, maybe, but here we go. And Dog, uh, if you live in <laughs> If you live in we Utah. don't need to we don't need to restart old rivalries we've had on this pod. Um, Hith, who do you got on this one? Uh, I get the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, all day. This would be a uh, in my mind. This is the kind of game where it's like, well, if we lost this game, we I don't like to think of college football as only like, will you make the playoffs or not? But if we, I mean, if we lose this one, we're obviously out of the playoffs. But it also just really like shows like. I we didn't deserve to be Look, there. If we yeah, exactly. To, like you know, that yeah. that Utah's a team that's sort of hopping around on one leg, you know. Yeah. And, and and Oregon is a, a a complete team. I don't mean like complete in the sense of like as a perfect team. I just mean that like Oregon doesn't have any like real obvious structural vulnerabilities. You know, right. you, you can have you know you can nitpick this team certainly. Like you can find you know this and that. You know, but like there's there's. Yeah, like the, you know, Oregon's simply a much more complete team than Utah is, and and like if Utah can find something in Oregon to exploit, or if, like I would be shocked. I don't think that really exists. It's more like if Oregon loses this game, it would be like Oregon is just self destructing in a way that's yeah. like that would indicate, yeah, as you say, Adam, that like Oregon was never really a contender in the first place. They need to be like you know more resi- like yeah they or yeah. like in order for Oregon to be a contender they need to be a team that just doesn't self-destruct in the way that would be necessary for them to lose this game yeah we'll see we shall see now easy peas lemon squeeze there you go Cal well this is this is an intriguing one for mm. some of us here Cal versus number 24 USC now, even though USC, no, Aaron, you didn't watch this game. USC versus Utah, or at Utah, okay, was pretty, pretty classic game. Honestly, not because both sides were playing so well out of their mind, but there were some good lapses 
either on defense or execution on the offense that just led to this being a close one basically throughout the whole thing. Funny. It did come down to the end. It came down to Utah like needing to march down the field and get a field goal, and they did, and they beat USC once again, which is what Utah kind of does a lot of the times. Like they, they really got their number there. Uh, they're even starting to win in L.A. So that God means damn it! Did I say? Uh, did I say Utah to win or lose? I, I think you said you went with USC. Yeah, I, I knew it, but, man. I fucking so, I gave up on the Utes, Adam, and they gave up on me too. God damn it! Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they they give up next week or this Saturday. But USC, speaking of giving up, there is a lot of because the hype for this team was absolutely oh they're gonna win the Pac twelve they'll make the Pac twelve championship game that's for damn sure yeah the question is once they win that game how far will they go in the playoffs like it, it was the hype was pretty up there which makes sense with Lincoln Riley with Caleb Williams the you know last year's Heisman winner they still had a good amount of talent the question of what about their defense kept being like kind of brushed off by a lot of people but that is clearly still there and still a serious problem like when you make Utah's offense look like a decent unit clearly there's something wrong not only that though their offense is not this unstoppable touchdown machine. Right. Like, there are execution errors. Their their offensive line is not doing exactly, you know, isn't, like, the best offensive line, isn't, like, championship-level offensive line play. And then not only that, but Lincoln Riley isn't, like, the number one most genius offensive line. Like, he's making mistakes out there, too. Uh, they were having so much success running the ball against Utah, and then they kind of wanted to win some style points, and then uh, it didn't seem like it worked out. So USC, still very talented team, still k- should you know be racking up wins against certain opponents, but is wounded, is completely out of the you know playoff race. Absolutely, two losses, you're done, and things are aren't looking great for their Pac-12 championship. Uh, you know, like. Uh, potential either because they haven't played Washington or Oregon yet. I mean, it doesn't and if they sound those, like they deserve to out. go to it. Eh, probably not, but they've backed their way into a bunch of things they don't deserve. Um, now they're going against Cal. Cal is Trash. just an all-around not great team. It's, this is kind of the question, Aaron. How, how trash is Cal? Is tra- Are they so much trash that they can't get up for this, what I, is still a top twenty-five game, a game that they were very competitive against last year, and like this is a, this is a win that they would absolutely love to have, and they do have some some good players on their team, a few and far between, but talents nothing like USC, but maybe they're a bit more organized, and maybe they can get this one at home. What do you think, Aaron? God damn, you know. Okay, so the answer is obviously. <sighs> We're going to have to say I'm tapping into the world, and it seems like USC probably is going to take this one. I think Cal maybe is that trash fire we all expected to explode, and and it just wasn't a big kaboom. But it's like a... Well, yeah. So you're going with USC. I think USC is the smart answer. But the other thing is you look at USC, they've played a lot of teams. 
like Arizona State and Arizona, yeah, and Colorado, and those all came down to the wire. And those are supposed, uh, you know, supposedly which is crazy. Teams. But Cal yeah. should be bad. So should I mean, I mean Arizona State Arizona's bad. Arizona State's also, bad. Cal's bad. Yeah. Like, um, I would love Colorado. for Cal to win this, but. This is mainly me doing some gamesmanship here. I suspect that Hith will stick with his guns. Oh yeah, and say, "Well, oh, that's and, right." And that, no, that I, I already USC made my is... prediction. You, yeah, right. Hith's I'm going to go with his. yeah. I'm doing it too. I actually want to go with Cal because I think that's such <laughs> the coolest fucking said. vibe ever. That I want to I want to ride the wave too. I think it's awesome that USC is going to close out the season. No more wins. So so that is absolutely forcing my hand at this point if I'm being like, well, there's a more talented team here. Cal's not great. No home field advantage to speak of. <laughs> and I may be able to distance myself from you and catch up to Hith. I absolutely have to go with USC. But this is the You're game that- You're going to be like, riding true... the USC train solo the rest of the season. True, <laughs> true Pac-12 heads- Um. I mean, get a second screen for this bad boy because this could be fun. That it could be fun. fun. Who knows? That's fun. Who knows? I mean, oh, Cal, a, a Cal yeah. almost beat him in the Coliseum last year. Yeah. And this time it's in Berkeley. And uh, and also, like, Lincoln Riley's sick. And Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's sick. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. might be coaching this game, which, I don't know, might improve their odds. <laughs> like. Who knows? I honestly Who, actually we... think the biggest factor in uh, in USC like losing to Utah was just like the play calling was bad against Utah. Like it wasn't even really the offensive line. I actually think the offensive line for USC hmm. played pretty well um, in that game. Uh, um, all things considered, uh, it was just like it was really just like stupid screen pass after stupid screen pass after stupid screen pass. Like huh. it was like, mm. it, it was like what remember when I was, when I was talking about uh, when, when we interviewed Jamie Vinnick um, from, from Coog fan about mm-hmm. how, um, about how, uh, 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 ben Arbuckle, the Wazoo offensive coordinator let UCLA beat him twice because when, when, um, after they got like wrecked by UCLA's uh, defensive line, they then went back home and they played Arizona, and uh, and then out of like terror, uh, uh, he just called like stupid screen pass after stupid screen pass over and over again, which like took the control out of Cam Ward's hands. Cam Ward being the best player that he has, and like his ability to make like off schedule plays, you know, which Oregon saw right on Saturday. Uh, Mm -hmm. and instead was just like, no cam immediately throw this garbage screen pass, you know, and was just like, like, like 30% of the plays were these garbage screen passes, you know? And so it's like, and then it was like deja vu all over again. I'm watching, you know, Lincoln Riley command Caleb Williams, you know, his best player, you know, mm-hmm. to, to do the same. It's just like, I'm so terrified of Utah's pass rush, which really wasn't getting home that much. Like, it really wasn't, I promise. Um, and, and it was like, Caleb, I, you know, I don't want you standing in the pocket and throwing downfield, even though you won the Heisman. And I don't want you, uh, you know, running around, you know, that much, even though you're the best person in America to do it. Uh, I want you to throw these garbage screen passes uh over and over and over again and i was just like okay uh dude you know and uh 
Uh, so yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe like Queen Cliff Kingsbury taking over will be good for the team. <laughs> Imagine if we lived in a world where USC had their schedule, except you flipped the games. They lost to ASU, Colorado, <laughs> and Arizona. Oh man, what a funny world that'd be. On to the next one. We're almost there. Stanford <laughs> versus number five, Adam, Washington. Adam is ready to be done, ladies and gentlemen. He's ready to Stanford, be done. This is, I, I meant we're almost in that world because they almost lost. I, I could oh, be here. Oh, I see what you're saying. Noise. I see what you're saying. Stanford versus Washington, number five. No, Aaron. Holy shit. You didn't catch this one. Yeah. Washington, not. the very same Washington who, who I kept being like, well, it's amazing. Their offense was so good. It's, it's so cool that we were able to even – you know, hold them oh, back, God. and we almost beat them in Seattle, and they're amazing. They were this goddamn close, and it's not like the score looked they closer than it. They didn't score an they, offensive touchdown. They didn't score an offensive what? touchdown against Arizona State. In Arizona Seattle. State. Arizona State has, has won one game in week zero. I forget. Or against week, I forget. an I think FCS team by okay. three points against Southern Utah University. Meanwhile, Washington score does not score an offensive touchdown and needs like a ninety-seven or something yard pick six to really separate themselves. But even then, they were only up by eight. Arizona yeah, the, State, <clears> a little still, help from the zebras. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Some of these refs. Uh, there was some why, terrible. Yeah, why are the refs calls. like allowing Washington to do so much? It was in Seattle. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, that's it why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon corruption. And I was, I was kind of. I for, I forgot that they played. <laughs> that they Amazon. were playing in Seattle because it was dead silent. Mm-hmm. Like the the oh, yeah. stadium was absolutely dead silent, which makes sense when you're being that embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But and I just assumed it was like, well, this half this has to be desert magic that I'm watching right now. And you know, Arizona State fans are oh, good for them for oh, showing they were, up. Uh, they that were in their sense. like royal purple uniforms. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it was bonkers. It was a terrible game. It really had me thinking, like. Because obviously we all saw Michael Penix was fucked up by the end of our game. Yep. It did have me thinking, I wonder if he's still a little bit dinged up. Mm. But also, AS, ASU does come to play a lot of times. Like I think their defense especially sometimes really shows a lot of heart. And then as the game goes on, like they just don't have the depth to really be working with that. But if I were an ASU fan, I would be... I would be riding so hard with Kenny Dillingham. He would be my man. I don't even care that we win one game. Like, I would just be so happy that maybe I would just be crushed that we've lost these close games. But I, you got to feel good that you're, like, showing up against a lot of times. It'll be a top-10 team, at least against USC and Washington. Anyways, that's where Washington's coming from. Stanford just got their absolute ass kicked yeah. by UCLA. Uh, not Dante Moore. It was actually Garber's. Ethan Garbers, um, but yeah, yeah which they bizarre like that weird weird. Like if decision, Dante Moore is like, not playing well, like you want to give him like a confidence booster game, so you have this would have been Gar- the game, right? This would have been the game, which like yeah, exactly, you know, which actually leads me to believe that it was probably not that, and it was probably instead like I'm pissed off with you, you know, Dante, and mm-hmm. uh, and maybe well, cool, you're cause... asking for things that that yeah. make you think that you're a little too big for your britches, so I'm going to remind you who's really in charge. 
I'm sure that he'll prefer to be on the bench for Chip Kelly than, I don't know, coming and competing for the starting job at Oregon next year. I don't know. We'll I don't know. Um, but Aaron, so Stanford wasn't looking good. This was not Stanford versus Colorado second half. This was just the first half. Of well, I don't think game, Stanford's basically. a good team. Oh, yeah, you no, you, you'd be right. You'd be right. Um, uh, so who do you got? Washington struggled with the team that's also right. not good. Well, okay, and so there's one thing. This is at Stanford. No one goes down to the Here's what I would say. Expecting uh, an easy win. Had Washington lost <laughs> to Arizona State, oh, man, and then crazy. had somebody come up to me and been like, how does it feel to uh, have lost to Washington, to the Huskies? I would have been like, mm-hmm. well, now it feels like fucking shit because what the fuck yeah. was that? Yeah, that's very Pac. That's Pac-12. I'll miss it. So yeah, very Pac-12. Uh, but so you know, stupid question. Never ask that kind of question. That's all I want to say about that. Uh, okay. But I think Hussey is going to take this game. I think it's a no. Wait, actually, Hithliday, oh. mm-hmm. do you have any Penix updates that maybe Adam hasn't brought up so far? No, nothing specific to him. Like, I do think that he probably, I mean, he took a bunch of rib shots because Oregon kept hitting him. And, like, I I think he was probably in considerable amount of pain. And I do think that probably affected his performance to some extent against Arizona State. I mean, the other thing that Adam didn't mention was that they just kept turning the ball over, like, over and over yeah. and over again. Oh. Although, frankly, I'm not really sure how much that had to do with, I mean, it had to do with why the game was so tight. I'm not sure why they were turning it over. I think they were just sort of like freak occurrences that kept happening. Yeah. Because uh-huh. of like, they felt like the, stand- sometimes the standard that, Washington I mean, turnover. just because like, sometimes yeah. that happens, you know? like Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, they used up all the juice and it's the game yeah i know like I, they're sort of like they they had some good luck against oregon they had some bad it's, luck it's, so that's the gambler's fallacy the quarter enough yeah, times right. that anyway the uh yeah i mean that was sort of a major factor as to whether there's some update into you know they didn't release any you know michael Penix's hurt information and so uh-huh. they definitely haven't released any well now he's healed up information so okay well then i still i'm gonna stick with the huskies all right thank I, you for that i uh, I don't want a wrong pick. I I just don't see not not two weeks in a row are they going to struggle with a team like this, right? Um, exactly. I, I don't see them. Yeah, I got to go with Washington. How about you, Hith? Hell, they could struggle with Stanford and still beat they, them by thirty points. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Stanford's that bad, so yeah. No, Washington. it'd be funny, but yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Number twenty-three, UCLA versus Colorado. Who will start this game for UCLA? Nobody knows except Chip Kelly. Colorado, what? we know Shador Sanders is going to be absolutely starting this bad boy. Um, Colorado, both these, no, 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 no. Uh, Colorado's coming off a bye. UCLA just plays Stanford. But please hold. Um, yes? What, who is who is maybe starting and what's going Dante on? Dante Moore. Dante Moore is that freshman QB. Yeah. Who's been, uh, he was, he, a lot of people were talking about him, you know, really excited about him in the first oh, game so of the season. Maybe, UCLA went back and forth. Maybe he's, he's getting He may replaced. either be in trouble. Or, he's, well, he's a, he's a freshman too. So it's right. kind of weird that you put him out there for some ugly games. He made some bad decisions, multiple pick sixes, like three he's or just something a, like that. He's not a good fit for Chip Kelly's offense. Yeah. And Chip Kelly's not smart enough to write a new playbook 
for or one that works anyway for Dante Moore's skill set, which was mm-hmm. why but he Dante also Moore isn't made smart the... enough to take him out and put someone in. No, he is well, he smart enough to do that. Week. That's what he 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 did that for. Yeah. You know, and put Ethan Garbers in to play Stanford, but then, but then that sort of like it prompts the question of like, well, why did you get Dante Moore in the first place? Like this was, yeah, it was very clear to all observers, and by all observers, I mean me, uh, that like this was never going to work. You know, why did you get a true freshman to come to Los Angeles and make him this promise that you're going to start right away, which was the one promise that Oregon couldn't make, uh, mm-hmm. and then like you know, pr- promised him basically futility and frustration. Who promises then, that? Well, coaches who aren't shit. very good. Coaches yeah. who aren't very good is who makes those promises. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And, and then, <clears throat> and, 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 and then like, and then he gets frustrated. And so you bench him like, yeah, like all of this was written. And, and you know how I know it was written because I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it in June in my so, in my write up of UCLA, which look, Oregon doesn't play UCLA. I wrote that article for fun. Uh, <laughs> so wait, Aaron, who do you got? Well, here? so wait, we can assume then that Garbers is starting this game. We can't assume that. We can't assume. We Chip can't Kelly assume. is in control of this team, and so therefore you can make no assumptions about anything. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know what I can count on is that Dion is gonna fucking always. Uh, Colorado Dude. is falling apart. Is that true? Well, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say that. No. It's, I mean, they had a, they had a crazy weaknesses? second half collapse against Stanford, and then it's crazy that both of these teams' last opponent was Stanford. That's weird. Yes, um, that's true. And, but that's then true. Colorado went on a bye, so they've had like a week to stew about it, okay. which is like who knows how Thank you, for you know. That. So that like maybe they stew really quick. Maybe too, they stew about so you know. it and are like it's really been like eaten at them like acid. Or maybe they've had a week to like get their heads right, right, and like they're gonna come out on fire. Who knows? Who knows? You know? Also, Dion like, has a beard after one bye week, and it looks pretty solid. I was pretty impressed by it. Just so you know, if that. Yeah. No, I had a gut. I had a gut on the buff men taking this one. Uh and now that's just reinstated. So I'm going with I'm going with Colorado. Okay, I oh, damn it does UCLA does UCLA seems like fucking a shit. Sh- it seems like a Hollywood fucking movie. Honestly, it's just a shit show. It's a thing you tune into every day because it's soap opera. I'll tell you what. Only in Hollywood, think- it's at it's at home for UCLA, but that means nothing because the Rose Bowl is yeah. a tomb. If if Dante Moore starts. I think they lose. If Garber starts, I actually think they win because I think UCLA's pass rush huh. is going to get enough craziness against Colorado, be effective against it, that there'll be more mistakes on the Colorado side. But if Dante Moore's out there, I think a pick six will be the difference. So uh, I guess I'm going to go with UCLA on this one because I because they're slightly – I don't know why because – I guess cuz. That's my answer. What about you, Hit? This is a tough one. I you actually nailed my logic exactly. Like I, I okay. actually think the quarterback <laughs> battle is is or, or like yeah, the quarterback question is sort of irrelevant. The uh be, because UCLA has so much better of a cuz Colorado's offensive line is still trash and mm-hmm. I mean not 
as humans. I'm sure they're fine humans. I just mean like they can't pass protect at all. And whereas UCLA probably has the best pass rush in the league and they're just going to like annihilate Colorado. Colorado's not going to be able to put up any points on the board. And regardless of what UCLA's, uh, you know, entire offensive situation is, which is bad um <laughs> like the it, like a bad offense is better than anything that Colorado's got going on so like yeah and and given that yeah. Colorado is like almost exclusively a passing team like yeah that means that UCLA yeah. just has their number like Colorado might get blanked in this game what that's it's possible, but they may win this game too. Yeah, that's what like, I think. Honestly. I think they are. I think y'all are using too much logic in this situation. Like, like I would definitely take the under in this. I don't know what the over under is, but I mm. take the under on it. And also, I wouldn't gamble because it's foolish and immoral. But like, uh, <laughs> but like, I do think this will probably be a lower scoring game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I yeah for for that reason because I think that UCLA's offense is bad and I think that UCLA's defense will make Colorado's offense into like a non-entity yeah all right well there you have it Um, let's look at this next game which is oh boy Arizona State Sun Devils the pluckiest team in the Pac-12 by far honestly probably I would say it's the best watch for me personally I love watching Arizona State play every single time, even in Southern Utah. It's always a blast. Versus Wazoo, um, a.k.a. USC Junior, or just USC even? I don't know. Saturday, 5 p.m. at the Pac-12 Network. This is in Tempe. Um, it's tough because I, I, I really support all the Arizona State fans that are showing up to these games. It does show that they do have some diehard fans. It's not exactly a giant home advantage. It's not like playing in Pullman. But, so there will be a crowd there. Uh, I, I'm honestly interested in seeing how many people are there. Because if I was just a casual ASU football fan, <laughs> this, this season would be more watchable than like a lot of the ones under Herm. Uh, even though it's pretty tough. Honestly, Scataboo though we got a Scataboo and he's thrilling to watch. Uh, their quarterback situation is fucking rough. They've they've basically got like three or four injured quarterbacks. Uh, Trent Borgay is the one who's getting the most. Wow. But his and so many times this ASU team has been against opponent which they should be. They should be trailing big, but they are only down by, like, one score. And you're like, okay, this is the drive, baby. This is the drive. If you can put something together. And it, they have just really shown to not have it in them offensively to be, like, a reliable unit crunch time. Let's pull out all the bags of tricks. The bag of tricks is empty. Like, it is just – it's scataboo. And he's doing five things already. Like he's punting the ball and tackling. Scadaboo is a player. Yeah, he's. Oh, dude. Yeah, like actually, the 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 it should be the galaxy. You know where it's like Travis Hunter. No, uh, Sione yeah. Vaki. Yes, Cam yeah. Scadaboo. He's he's not just a two way player. He's a three way player because he punts yeah. too. Yeah, he's awesome. You would love it. Like he's so he's like. He's that perfect kind of small but wide player that you're really only going to get in college. 
Uh, very athletic, like really honestly fun to watch running you can't, back. Like a you can't bring back. him down. Like you start to tackle him and he's suddenly running on three limbs. Like, like uh, how is that possible? He punts too. Uh-huh. Am I right? Yes, he punts. He punts. Yeah, he's, he's a he three-way punted, player, dude. And he, was, he was in on the tackle too. He punted, wow. then he tackled the dude. Uh, like he's he's so fun to watch and Kenny Dilly Kenny Dillingham is owed a win by now. I'm like, God damn, please. That's where I'm sitting at, is that I can't say that I was at all impressed by Washington State. Hmm. Really? I, Cam I, I Ward, think escapability so. was pretty good. Hmm. I liked it. Uh, what about Lincoln Victor? Is that his name, right? He was I very, mean, I don't give a shit about him. I didn't feel yeah. like they deserved everything they got. <laughs> and so I feel like Arizona oh, yeah. State's going to win it. And that's my opinion. <laughs> okay. You know, even though all these games have been close, none of them are games where I have like would pick Arizona State. Even I'm yeah. sure there has been one I've picked. But uh, it, so it makes me like almost want to pick them. Because they've been so close in these. Yeah, they're these. kind of the Nebraska but, of the Pac-12, where they keep yeah, losing these close no games. No joke. But uh, I'm... I love them, and the, so I want them to win. Their non-clutchness is unfortunately the thing that's going to take it away from me. Where I could see them even having like a 14-point lead somehow. Wow! Like, entering the fourth quarter! They have a 14-point lead! Oh and my they just God. fall apart. And then, and then Cam Ward, they're just like, Cam Ward, do whatever you can. And he just wins it for him. Um, I don't like think that, that I, kid's good. I He's good. Oh, Arizona State would fucking love to he's, have a Cam Ward. He, right oh, well, sure. That. I'm sure Cam that, Ward but can he didn't be impress good. me. He, he can be good. He can be their worst enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, and against Oregon naturally, because when you play Oregon, you, you know, you just automatically get whatever that boost is so that you don't commit all the sins that you have in previous games that make From you your team's worst uh, enemy. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. uh, you know, Aaron is right. They could come roaring back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going with Wazoo cause there's an, there's enough of an identity there that I think. Yeah, but that identity is a fucking shitty person. (laughs) Hey, I think we found Aaron's really, actually most hated Pac-12 school on him. Tonight it is. Tonight, yeah. Uh, Hith, do you have any hope for the Sun Devils pulling off their first Pac-12 win under Kenny Dillingham? Uh, I mean, there's some hope. It's it's probably the game that's, uh, uh, well... It's the second, I think, closest game of the uh, weekend in the Pac-12. Uh, but no, g- give me the Cougs. Yeah, unfortunately. I hope you're right, Aaron. Me really too, do. baby. You know, I think Arizona State has kind of proven, from what y'all said, they're the they're that part of the Pac-12 that you're going to miss, right? Where it's oh, like... Yeah. Oh, you're kind of a trash fire, but you're trying so hard. Well, we're saying They're, this until they, they don't fucking have like beat the us. closest like analog in the Big Ten. Like the closest analog to them in the Big Ten is Purdue because like they keep spoiling uh. team seasons. But like Purdue isn't like Wazoo in the sense of being like drunken boors who you know have a shirtless mm-hmm. you know quarterbacks you uh, know yeah. like they're, they're engineers you know like that's i love yeah that's not as fun you know right I, i'm gonna miss wazoo a lot honestly i love these bastards let's get on to the next one arizona huh. versus 
a number le- 11 Oregon State. Number wow. 11. Saturday, 7.30 p.m. ESPN. Aaron, Arizona is a team that has certainly lost, but like Arizona State, they have actually looked pretty good against some better teams. Now, maybe that's not true because we're taking it. We're saying What's that about What's their win-loss? Like, when they pl- I th- or what are they four and three or something like that? Well, Arizona, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I think four and three. Oh wow, I thought yeah. it was worse. Um, well, you would think so, but I know they lost against like Mississippi State. Okay, but that was in overtime. Mississippi State, not a great team, but I mean still. they played two bad um, teams at a conference. They played Northern Arizona, UTEP, and they beat them. They and they played oh, right, Stanford, UTEP. although they only beat Stanford by one point. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they crushed Wazoo. Um, on the other hand, there are three losses, you know, Mississippi State and then, like, you know, Washington and USC, you know? So, like. Yeah, and those are close games. Yes. Those were so close games. So, it's like 4-3, but, like, it's an interesting record. It's like, huh. it, was, it was, like, you know, way closer than it should have been against a bad team in Stanford, but then also way closer than it should have been against good teams, you know, or good team in Washington and whatever the hell USC is. Yeah. You know what I think so, I'm, yeah. You know what I think What's I'm that? feeling right now? What's that? What's that? I think it's a Pac-12 shakeup because I think Ooh. Zona's going to take this one. You think Zona's going to take I this one? I think this might be one of those weird weeks where it seems like an earthquake kind of hits the whole of the Pac-12 and it seems like we have the wrong teams with um, numbers next to their uh, names. Whoa. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> I'll tell you, Hith has never been high on this Oregon State defense this season. The ranking seems um, like it needs to be realigned. Anyone who is just thinking like, oh, yeah, no, Oregon State should just roll through Arizona has not watched both these two teams fully. This should be a pretty dang good game. Wow. Uh, especially if Noah Fafita starts, because I really like Noah Fafita. He seems like a good guy compared to the last one, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, he seems I mean, to actually get this offense orchestrated. Uh, I don't know, at least better. It's much more competitive. What they did against Wazoo, I know there was some bad luck on Wazoo's side, but also was very dominant. Pretty cool to see. I mean, they, they had the correct some... strategy, which which yeah. you know speaks to you know coaches who have their heads screwed on right. Hmm. Um. For this one, I I, I think is is tough. Of course, we let our guest here today pick last year, so I I'm, I am kind of doing some games. Well, he's the one that does the like, most. <laughs> he knows the most, but. So it's like number eleven. I am looking at that number eleven next to. Oregon I don't. State. That doesn't. It should be like. Should be. It means nothing really. Twenty two. Um, should be twenty two. I, I think. You know what? I am going to go with what I would say is the hotter team right now, which is Arizona. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go nice with the upset. Uh, just because Oregon State hasn't been as fully complete when the competition is higher than mm-hmm. I'd like to see. Okay. So we go with the upset. Wow. Arizona. And I want Oregon State to lose because I don't want any chance of them making the Pac-12 championship game. Right. Because they annoy me lately. <laughs> Usually I love them, but <laughs> sure. they've been, sure, been annoying me lately. Fuck them. Yeah. That's what little brother does, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hithaday, this is a pretty intriguing matchup. Who do you think you got? 
Well, shoot, y'all, y'all stole my thunder. I was here. I was gonna I think I was gonna would. ride in with the very last pick of the podcast, and and because I was, I'm gonna go with the cats, and I thought that I was gonna be able to like slam the the door and be like, "Give me the cats. They're gonna, you uh-huh. know, the, the beeves are frauds, and and yeah, the cats are getting you know, you know I'll show y'all. Uh, no, I just, I mean, you sort of said all the things that I. I, I wanted to. This is the this is the closest game according to advanced stats. This is the closest game of the weekend. Uh, you know, OSU is only um, favored by the you know the composite index by uh, about a sixty two uh, you know to forty eight or thirty eight margin um, in percentage. Uh, you know, Vegas has only got it at a three point five spread um, for OSU. Um, although that is with Arizona at home. Um, the uh, 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 like I said, I don't think that Oregon State's defense is for real, like at all. I really think that Oregon State's defense is a total mirage. Um, wow. I I think that um, I do think that Oregon State's rush offense is for real. Um, and I don't really think that Arizona has the defensive tools to stop it. Um, I think the extent that they've had success on defense, it's been against um like really pass dependent offenses and they've figured out ways to like really slow down, but not even stop those pass dependent dependent offenses, just like slow them down and stymie them so that they get like frustrated and, and, and like they have sort of difficulty marching the field. Um, the, uh, uh, but they haven't really played a team that just wanted to like, just hunker down and run the ball, which like, I don't really think Arizona is constituted in order to stop. So like, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, right? It's going to um, be one of those fun ones. Right. So I, I kind of think it's going to be a shootout, except shootout's kind of a weird thing to say about it. You know, where one of the teams is going to want to run the ball constantly. So like, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be Oregon state's like strategies. They're sort of, they're going to be like, Oh, we're in trouble because our defense can't stop an actual like team that has some live fire, you know, in, in the chamber. And so Jonathan Smith is going to, you know, try to milk himself on television again. Um, and uh uh and then gonna try he's gonna do it and and so then well he's (laughs) promised he's not going to he's promised he's he's gonna have a different signal um but any uh, who knows um so like it's it's gonna come down to a question of like will who who's gonna have the ball and you know so in other words like if Arizona lets them do it, they could just run out of time in order to get the sort of final possession that they need in order to get that last touchdown and win the game. On the other hand, like it's a home game for Arizona. I think they're going to be up for it. And I think cause it's a night game. Um, and I also think that like, I would rather, I think that Noah Vita is the better quarterback in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just think that like Arizona has the more of the ability to score quickly. And so like on balance, I think there's a possibility that like Arizona gets like uh, maybe some quick scores either at the beginning of the game or the end of the game. Mm. If they get them at the beginning of the game, then Oregon State is kind of screwed because they really don't have the ability to climb out of a hole. Um, and if, uh, uh, in which case Arizona win, um, Mm -hmm. or Arizona gets them at the end of the game, in which case, like it could be a tight game 
and then just Arizona gets the last score and Oregon State can't run to the win, you know, with a minute yeah. left on the clock, in which case Arizona win. Like there's just fewer it's, in a shootout like in a or a shoot versus crawl out. Uh, um, <laughs> the, there's just fewer avenues for Oregon State to win this type of the type of game that I think this is going to be like it has to go where they Oregon State scores on their first couple of possessions. They stop Arizona from scoring, and then Oregon State just shuts it down. Like that's they the game has to look like that for Oregon State to win. Whereas mm. there's like two, maybe three different ways where Arizona could win. So therefore, give me Arizona. I'm going to call it there's, right. Oh yeah. Oh, I got some super specific predictions too. So me too, Daddy O. Okay. For this game. For yeah. this game. Double overtime. Ooh. Oh, fuck yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one, Aaron. <laughs> it starts at 7.30 p.m. So, you know so, it, like, so the this game's going to end at midnight. 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, running at the ball least. takes time off. Yeah, keeps, keeps the clock Oh, running, sure. So right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. then, this is mine. This is mine. Justin, well, this is why Arizona's going to win. Because everyone's talking about DJU, transfer quarterback. Oh, my God. He's going to change everything. No, the real transfers that are going to change this game are on Arizona's side. Justin Flo is getting that pick six that he's always wanted. Not only that, Montana Lemonius Craig will get the actual game-winning touchdown. Wow. In triple overtime. Triple overtime. Just so you know, mainly because I love saying Montana Lemonius Craig because uh-huh. it is the most made up Key and Peel name I was in real life I've it. ever heard in like, my it's life. Destined for it. And he's good. I love Montana Lemonius Craig. Maybe not this year, but oh, anyways, God. here we go. Just getting destroyed. This is where we left off. Terrible. Hith had forty three points. Adam had forty. Aaron thirty four. If you remember correctly, Hith and I chose exactly the same picks last oh, week, unfortunately. Shit. You went a little more adventurous, and it did not right. prove you. Because, in fact, I'm going way down. we're in the same situation. We're in the same situation. So there you have it. I'm um, hoping to catch up with someone. But, Aaron, you're, you're going to have to start There were only four games. Like, do, we, do we pick all four of them correctly? Uh, yes, oh, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Including the Utah Some of us did, anyways. Including the upset. Uh, so there you have my, it. My super what? specific spectacular pick of the, uh, of the... Are we keeping track of these? I don't remember what my side bet was last week. I always forget the them every single week. The podcast is the keeping week. track of it, Hithliday. Oh, no, mine was I, that USC is going to lose out. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. good so yeah. far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my what super I, I yeah I forget my my super specific ones so I'm I'm going to keep rolling on the same theme is that uh you know Cal obviously is going to beat USC uh mm-hmm. that the uh the the the, the Cal players will uh, will give Justin Wilcox like a Gatorade bath uh for having done so uh and, and that he will be like furious that like he will not accept it like gracefully or cheerfully yes. but like uh. he will like pop a blood vessel <laughs> over it. Hey, by the way, when did the Gatorade pour become so nonchalant, just a victory thing? Like, that's designed, that should only happen when you win Super Bowls. Well, look, man, yeah. if Cal wins a game this year, it's like their Super <laughs> that's Bowl. That's the Super Bowl, yeah. We're going to have, in 10 years' time, people will be getting Gatorade poured over their heads for getting a touchdown. 
Like, we're just going to wow. have a bunch of You're sticky, like, wet men running around on a field. It'll be hot. Um, well, there's a podcast. <laughs> there's right. my prediction. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aaron's prediction is we're going to have a bunch of sticky, wet men running around the in, field. In 10 years' For time. For me, in 10 years' time, so that's a long, long con there. Uh, for me, Oregon, Utah, what I think is going to happen is so Bonex. He's on his. He's on the uh, our own three, right? Oh God! Just all he does a play action, super successful in our own end zone. So it's pretty ri- pretty risky. Boom! Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin goes all the way down. He's about to score, but right before he's about to get it, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, uh, you, uh, Utah safety runs him down, knocks it out of his hand, then takes that ball, runs it back. 97 yards. He's about to score. Lifts his hands up in celebration, but accidentally drops the ball on the one-yard line. Ducks notice this. They run it back 99 yards in a flying V formation. Triple reverse Joe Walker, huh? That's right. Triple reverse Joe Walker, I'm calling it. That being said, this has been the Quack 12 Podcast. We'll see y'all next week when all these things come true. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Go Ducks.